Hello, hello everyone. Hi, hello. It is me, Hannah Smith, here on behalf of the Godfellas podcast. We at Godfellas want to be transparent about what's been going on here at this podcast. And yes, we did record an entire episode about Princess Cut 2. Hearts on fire. Hearts on fire that we lost. And 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 the worst thing that we've done is is making our guests come back to talk about it a second time to to make them think about this movie even longer. And I'm sure that the amount of time it's taken to record this podcast still isn't as long as the actual movie itself. So on behalf of the Godfellas podcast, we apologize for the Christian Girl Autumn scandal of 2022, the lost, the lost princess cut episode. Welcome to Godfellas. <laughs> All right. Hi, and welcome to Godfellas. I'm Boo Boo the Fool, a.k.a. Hannah. Um, I'm sorry. I just thought that'd be funny. I'm Hannah. <laughs> I'm I'm a Dr. Clint Masters, a.k.a. Zach. I am the brother whose name, you know, really isn't that important. Uh, and also Mr. Michael. What's his name? <laughs> My name is Tessa, and I'm not a Christian. Welcome to the last week of Christian Girl Autumn. This is the end. This is uh, this is the end. This is the end of um, of of this year's journey, but I, I have to say, for content like this, it's a great way to end this season, isn't it? What a, what a fantastic, fantastic piece of sociology to discuss. Garbage. What a, what a what a what a way to admire the human mind than through the lens of Chris, I almost said Christopher oh. Princess Cut Two, Hearts on Fire. I can't believe it. Is it going to be a little boy or girl? A little boy would be awesome, but I'm really hoping it's a little girl. You know, it's all we wanted for four years. But now that it's here, I don't know. You got to be a great mom. I just started working contract for his firm. Wait, this is your boss's place? Like we said, I manage the farm for mom for a few more seasons. I take my night classes, get my electronics degree. Robert, he has all of these plans, but I can't see him letting any of this go. I want to move forward with the Charlotte expansion. Within six months, it could be self-sustaining. It's now or never. Will it ever get easier? The farm. Probably not. I'm pregnant. I'm not coming back to the farm after graduation. What? I sit here and I listen to all the arguments and the doubt and the stress that this place puts on our lives. Mm. Oh, jeez. Wow. Yeah, there can be no <laughs> other way to describe. <laughs> I think every psychology student should be required to watch this movie. Mm. That's, yes. that's to learn about torture? Yeah. Yes. Here's, here's how bad this movie is, folks. Hannah and I were watching it and we were just like, Let's like take a little break. I bet we're like an hour in. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. 15. And and we made people watch this. I felt we so We made them watch it. I, I feel was, awful. Like when I was watching like God's Not Dead, I was like this isn't a good movie, but we're going to get a passionate discussion. Or when I was watching or there've been times I'm like, "Ooh, like I'm curious to see what this person thinks." This one I was like, "I wonder if like Michael and Tosh are still going to be our friends after this." <laughs> <laughs> something like this when one heart when one's heart is on fire 
for the kind of work that we particularly do, something like this can only bring us closer together. That's true. That's right. very true. I can't wait to watch the this third one all together. That'll be great. That'll make to. the whole thing worth it. And then they'll just keep making more because no mm-hmm. one learns. There's four not there's four God's Not Dead movies. So I mean there's a fourth one? Yeah, it's called We the People. Wait, let's let's fast. Oh, okay. This. I'm not I'm not I you can you can oh, no, try. I believe Are you. they doing a fifth one? Oh. Um, oh, that's what I want to know. It's where like there someone comes into homeschool to check in on a homeschool and they're like, "Y'all teaching the Bible in here?" Whoops. <laughs> Rise I will up. say I I've only seen the first one and I was like they killed the atheist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God's not dead, but Kevin Sorbo certainly is. (laughs) And then I didn't watch anymore. (laughs) Oh. I do have to say the fifth one's called God's Not Dead, Rise Up. How about this? God's Not Dead 6, sit down. (laughs) Leave. (laughs) Sit down, John. What do we see? Okay, so wait. Zach and I saw. Zach and I saw. Oh my gosh! What do we see? Oh, we saw. We saw the chosen last night in theaters. Yes. And the trailers. There weren't really trailers, but they were kind of trailers. They were amazing. They were like. They were bad, but they were amazingly bad. There's. Like, there's a new Left Behind series starring Kevin Sorbo. Left Behind: The Rise of the Antichrist. Yeah. The Rise of the Antichrist. That's not what it's called. Yes, it it is. is Quite literally what it's called. Sorry, I should have done a trigger warning before that. From (laughs) everyone still traumatized by Left Behind, because that's a very real thing. Trigger. Yeah. I was like, dang it, Kirk. (laughs) Kirk Cameron. Dang it, Nick. Mr. Cage, if you will. Um, but we also saw, oh, this might be a great one for Godfellas. It was like a musical, but it wasn't like a week away good. And that's me saying a week away is good. Um, so that's saying something. But it was. Natasha, wow. have you seen a week away on Netflix? No. Oh, no I feel like you would eat that up. We, I'll tell you what, double feature. All right, should we get into the episode? I, I guess. We could just do this for we an hour. This is fun. Yeah. yeah, we don't have to talk about Princess Cut 2. I beg you. I beg. Well, let's just recap. Oh, sorry, Michael. Yes. No, I was going to say, can I say the, the scar, that the biggest scar that this has left on me? Is that I now get the internet now thinks that I want to see countless Pure Flix ads because I signed up for a seven day trial and canceled the very next day. And <laughs> even the same, and that you can hear it coming from like a mile away too. You get like, you get a cord. Mm-hmm. And the guy from Fast and the Furious 2 was saying a prayer about taking care of the people who are going up in his plane. And I was like, I, I, I said some bad words, God fellas. I, I said some bad words directed toward those ads that were knee jerk immediately and then skipped it. As we all would have. Michael, Michael, doing this show, this is my entire life. Like my entire, like all my, all my social media is just flooded with like conservative Christianity, like stuff. And I'm like, ah, no. Well, and Michael, I don't know if you've noticed this yet, but I did a Pure Flix free trial once as well uh, back in the day. And I still get emails from Pure Flix Come telling back. me what's new and what I've missed. And I want to rejoin for this reason. Bro, hit that unsubscribe. Hit yeah, that that is true persistence. Because we do because this we podcast, do this show, yeah. it's like, well, let me see. 
okay. What do you got? What do you got today? Yeah. If, if you want to donate to our Patreon, we'll we'll get our another PureFlix account and watch everything on. Yes. Oh. You the people. That's my new podcast. Everything on Pure Fun. Flix. Yeah. We work through their filmography <laughs> in order. Oh no! Oh goodness! Oh boy! Let's talk about this movie though. So let's recap. Not a first Pure and Flick. foremost. Earlier this year, we did the first Princess Cut movie, which follows Grace. Last Masters. Name? No, her maiden name. Hey, oh. Technically, no. Is it Johnson? Uh, I feel like it is something very, very uh, I, against my better judgment. Up. I'm looking it up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Grace. Grace. What's Wait, let's make guesses. Let's make guesses. Uh, I'm Grace. guessing Anderson or Johnson. Mercy. I feel like that sounds right. <laughs> Not Mercy. Um, Smith. I'm so hey. sorry. I am Grace, DB. amazing. This is not what I wanted. Grace, amazing. Grace, comma, amazing. Uh, Grace, An- Grace Anderson okay. is the name. Boom! I'm not proud. <laughs> I don't. Wow, Michael, I don't want that like information up there. Imprinted in your mind. Yeah. Uh, wow, and we got, your memory. And we got the dad, uh, Jim Anderson. <laughs> so the first Princess Cut movie follows Grace Anderson wanting to be married and meeting Doctor Clint Masters, who shows her. Um, uh, a holy approach to courting and dating. A whole also, new world, if you will. A whole new world. Um, and Girl, she lives with her parents it. on the soybean farm. And her brother's a little. And yeah. yeah. Oh, she, we also, she has a friend named Tessa who's not a Christian. Yes. And uh, her ex-boyfriend tries to kill her uh, very randomly. But it's, you know, there we go. There's Princess Cut. There's a duel. There's a there's a there's a sudden duel to the death, and he tries to kill Clint, Dr. Clint Masters with a shovel, I believe, like oh, to yes, the head. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And the dad, correct. Correct. And the dad literally runs in the bar and grabs the ex boyfriend and says, "Get off my property." It does. Yep. Yeah, he does. Do which that. which and also then, we did see a real estate agent, Doctor. Uh, I almost said Doctor Nigel. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Nigel Livinggood. Um, Nigel Livinggood tries to sell the land, um, but or wants wants Jim to sell the land and he's Wait, no. no, let me let me he wants to pay more than a reasonable Handsomely. price for the land, and the movie turns him into the bad guy for five minutes and then he's out of the movie. So uh and spoiler alert, that is the central conflict of this movie. They can't <laughs> afford this farm anymore. So Nigel's really the hero of the first movie. He is. And also in this movie, Dad, the hero of the last movie, is dead at the beginning mm. of this movie. He's he got out easy. Alive. He got off easy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that well so here's the thing that I that I, I heard on another podcast. The what's her name? Ashley Brachter. Um, oh, Grace. Yeah, Grace was on another podcast with a guy who really made fun of the movie, and she said to him, "Like we love listening to your podcast. Like we, the director, all of us, we find it so funny. Like we laugh about it all the time. We love it. But Dad's not back in this movie, so I wonder if he was like, I don't know, like not on the same page." With everyone? Maybe. Oh, maybe. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, we open this movie. <laughs> Menage a trois. <laughs> I gotta say, it's at least eight to ten years later. Yeah, so, so like, honestly. But they all look the same age. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Well, except for the children, except for the brothers, yeah. <laughs> then look twenty years older. Yeah, they went from looking like Macaulay Culkin to Thor in like one movie. Wow. So we, uh, the movie opens on a woman we don't know, and she's running, <laughs> and she's in a lot of pain, and you just think, please stop running, but she keeps going, and she then does. She- Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Can I say we didn't point this out the first time we recorded this? Mm-hmm. Um, when she runs up to the old couple, like that's in the truck. Yeah, the lady like walks around from the door, and it's almost like the director went and cut because she goes from like <laughs> to my husband. Yeah, <laughs> and then she looks like she's like her crying that old lady's crying looks like she's laughing yeah i think so i too. thought that that entire first scene i was like why are you laughing which that boggled <clears throat> my mind because the beginning i was like oh this looks like because the first princess cut it looks like someone got like a dv cam at walmart and went out and like shot a movie and like edited it on windows movie maker or something like that <laughs> this looks like a movie more yeah, more so a like a lifetime better. movie but a movie yeah. nonetheless and and already i thought that the main uh actress and her husband were they had pretty decent chemistry and they were clearly better actors than yes the first movie so that girl, but then we oh, got sorry. that scene and i was like uh oh we're <laughs> i back. should have gotten it was stupid of me to hope it did i had the same experience that like the first shot i was like this is already better you're just shooting <laughs> someone lacing up her shoes. And then she looks in the mirror and says, all right, Lauren, you've got this. <laughs> right? And I was like, <laughs> no, never mind. It, it only took three seconds. Thanks, movie. <laughs> we were so close. <laughs> yeah. <come on. laughs> Maybe Paul Munger gotta... should direct silent films. <laughs> I think he should. I think he should. Silent, oh. Silence too. Yes, yes. <laughs> so... Uh, we find out the girl is Lauren, which is Robert Anderson, the middle <laughs> child's wife. So they are all grown up and they're married. So she is an in-law to the family, but a part of the family nonetheless. And they end up at Dr. Clint Master's free clinic, which kind of mind-boggling to me. Since they have no money. Well, no, this idea of like, because there's kind of this theme of like, it's a universal free health care. Yeah. And the, and the hospitals are like the devil. And it's like, oh, universal health care. And it's like, but I doubt those characters would want that. Like, oh, yeah, I don't the know. Connection like, between the two are like, seem off. off yeah. Base. Well, and we see that Grace is also working at the clinic with a medical license. Who knows? Yeah, she's <laughs> a lot has now. happened. A lot I mean, has if happened. She, if she's just a nurse, she could have gotten her nursing degree in she that could have, yeah. in that time period. Just what a shame that she threw aside her career in interior designing to uh, <laughs> to become a nurse at this hospital. No, it's still a getting... hobby for her, though. She makes signs that say like scripture verses. And may I just say that's not necessarily interior design. Interior design. That's crafting. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, um, it's part of the whole creative umbrella. environment. <laughs> the creative so, umbrella. You know, you know we it. have to give a little sympathy for Grace in this movie, okay? <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> <hang on. laughs> 
<laughs> we see, you know, Grace and Dr. Clint are fighting because of finances. Uh, but that's, you know what? They get over it because we find out Lauren is pregnant with their Ooh. first baby. And we know this because very, very dramatically, she bolts into the bathroom to throw up. But they, but the doctors don't actually know why at first mm-hmm. they can't they can't deduce that even though she has like the app downloaded on her phone and i don't, I don't know <sighs> it was just for the gag it was just for the gag yeah just so clint was- could be like what i don't know pregnancy why she's sick <laughs> i yeah, i definitely am going with my theory that clint is a terrible doctor um, yeah where do you get his medical license homeschool the school of hot, the, stu, the school of, I will, I'll get this joke out of the way. This yeah. is the school of uh, Christian CW attractiveness. Everybody in this film who you're supposed to root for is the pure flicks CW equivalent of what like attractive people are supposed to look like. And if they're farmers, they wear flannel plaid. That's just yeah. how it is. I like to think Clint made his degree on Microsoft Word um, and then printed it. And the one thing the one thing I want to say about this scene though, um, or the scene before it, um, where they talk about the the finances and she says she wants to go get this. I think this should be mentioned because later it's not mentioned at all and then it kind of drops. It's like this entire plot um basically You're to right. give more money for the clinic. Um she says I'm I'm gonna go ask him for more money because they didn't give us the loan. And um Clint no, not Clint. Yeah, Clint. What's his name? Mm-hmm. Clint. Clint Masters. Dr. Clint Masters. Sorry, I like my brain refuses to absorb. Doctor Masters. <clears throat> he says, "Don't overstep," and she does it anyway. So I was kind of shocked because in the first movie, we definitely get the vibe of like men are leaders; they're the ones who tell us what to do. Blah blah blah. But this movie seems to have this different kind of approach where the women are really taking responsibility for like a lot of the things like the farm and the clinic and, and saying, well, we're going to get this done and not necessarily always listening to their husbands and what their, their thoughts are. So I don't know. Interesting. Might have been too progressive for the dad. That's why I didn't come back. Well, no, here's what I'm going to say though. Here's what I, it could be true. Actually. I don't know. Here's (laughs) what I'm going to say. I am not a fan of Michael Bay's transformers franchise, but if you told me that the next movie, like David Lowry was going to come in and direct, and it was going to be an existential piece on like how we're controlled by the things that we own, I would be like, no, <laughs> no, you're not going to win me over now. Like, stay in your lane. So I think, like, I sincerely think, like, if you loved the first Princess Cut movie, if you watched it and you're like, oh, yeah. Favorite movie, and absolutely, this movie helped my faith. You're not gonna like this movie. You're not gonna like this one because, and, to be honest, I liked this one a little, a little more. Mm-hmm. In some ways, in other ways, I didn't at all. But <laughs> in this way, I did. It was a little more progressive in a lot of ways, and I was like, okay, yeah. And, like and I'm. If you didn't like the first movie, and you're watching this one, who the heck are you aside from us for? You're still not gonna <laughs> like it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and the thing is too, it, it's the same writer director, right? Like Paul Munger and his wife, yeah. Yeah, which is crazy because I wonder if something happened because I feel like the very first movie is very complementarian. And yeah, 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 yeah. I wouldn't call this movie egalitarian. No. But it but it's closer. it's moving a little. Yeah, it it moved. 
So I but wonder almost if something in a way of like, them. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, like I just wonder if they had an experience or, you know, life life change because that would influence the writing. I have I have a, I have a thought on this actually. Go ahead. So in high school, I got really into making short films and my first, my first short film, me and my buddies wrote, and it was like very like goofy and funny and silly. And then when I got a little bit older and I wanted to start like writing my own short films, I was like, well, these characters already exist. And like, you know, people kind of liked this. Maybe I can go back to that well and create, you know, something with these characters again. And, you know, it didn't work out. But I wonder if, like, the first Princess Cup movie, if, like, Paul Munger was, like, a producer came to him and was like, hey, I have this idea for for this movie. Like, you're going to write and direct it. And he was kind of like, okay. And then I wonder if he just wanted to make a movie about the themes here and kind of thought, well, instead of inventing new characters and doing all this hard work, I could just take the beloved uh, princess cut characters and use them here because that is a temptation for like, you know, for directors who make small little projects, like I'll just do a sequel and it'll work out. So I, I'm suspicious that that's what happened. Mm. It's a pretty good theory. Thank you. I will say it's not completely egalitarian in the way of like, Oh, not at all. Almost. It, it feels like, okay. So like even with the decision-making or like a lot of stuff, it feels like they almost switched it. So it's like, it's like the women were like, oh, I have so much on my plate. I have so much, but I can't talk to them about it because I'm the one who needs to be, you know, take the, take control and stuff like that. Like that was the vibe I was getting from these other uh, women. And I just feel like that's completely opposite. Like, let's just work together. Um, And everyone shares their opinion. And then we make decisions based on that. But I wasn't really expecting to get something reasonable in this movie. So, um, you know, they gave me what they could. I I feel like this movie, and this is kind of moving the our, our plot discussion further along, is I feel like this movie sets Because we up... didn't do that last recording. Right, right. <laughs> probably really. the best that we don't. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, it's probably, I don't know. But, um, like, we, what I appreciate is the movie sets up a really good dynamic, but I don't think it executes it well at all. Like... Like, it doesn't bring it to the fruition that I want it to. But what I think it does set up well is the stress of Lauren in um, that she doesn't want her husband working on the farm because she saw that the farm killed um, the father. We don't know how it killed him. Which, like, Um, you're right. Broken heart. What what if he was, like, allergic to soybeans? and just like, (laughs) yes. It's like, screw it. Well, we saw him touch the soybeans in the first movie because that's how he explained the whole marriage thing. So, mm-hmm. marriage is like a soybean, oh, and ogres are is. like onions. <laughs> Why are you laughing at? It's funny. You're you're funny. That's what I'm laughing. Um, <laughs> you made a joke and I great. laughed. Thank that's you. Um, <laughs> and so we also see, you know, she's pregnant and she's trying to you know, do stuff around the house. We learn kind of a little later that Drew, the younger brother, doesn't want to take on the farm. She wa- Oh, she wants to open the second store. She owns, she's an entrepreneur. She owns a store. Um, that's this woman really well. is doing so much and she's pregnant yeah. the entire movie. She's lifting boxes. She's on ladders. She's yes. like doing things on the farm. She's raking. Like, and everyone's just watching her. Just like, mm, no one offers to help. Like, her no one says, let me take this. Like, okay, so later in the movie, I'm not going to try to spoil anything right away. Later in the movie, we see the mom crying it's in one fun. of the bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And she's making, she said, oh, you don't need to get this box now to Lauren. 
But you will get it later. You will carry this box out of here. Well, again, back to my back to my theory. About... The mom down was really good, Hannah. Sorry, yeah, keep going. The farm, down on the farm. The mom talks like this the whole time. Yeah, in case it wasn't clear, because because father has passed, she took this in her mind. And this is what happens sometimes when directors don't do their jobs. An actor will decide to make a choice. And the yes. choice that this woman made for reasons that will never be explained was that she was going to be the matron in a Tennessee Williams play <laughs> where she would look woefully off into the distance multiple times, I might add, and take on some sort of like regal Southern drawl about the yes. farm yes. and like so many years, so Did many years. Did she have years. that in the first movie? I no, no, that no. In the first movie. I really don't think because, she does. Because, because again, none of the rest of the family has that accent. Well, again, her. again, though, but back to my, my back to my theory, I think that the first movie, there were probably more producers and more people showing up like, Paul, we need more lines where the dad is doing this. Paul, we need more part. We need more scenes where this is happening. We need more scenes where this is happening. And this movie, I genuinely think like maybe he the movie was just supposed to be about this woman, Lauren. And he was like, well, who are her friends? Who is her family? Who does she hang out with? Uh, uh I don't know. Maybe the princess cut characters will work and mm. they don't like, honestly, I, I think like, let's pretend we don't know anything about this movie and Done. movie about a, and yeah. a movie and a movie about like a young woman who is an entrepreneur while pregnant, who's maybe having a hard time asking her husband to like pull his own weight. Like, is it the most compelling movie ever? But you know, it's not what it's about. It's how it's about it. And that's at least like something where maybe people can watch and relate to like, yes, I felt like my partner Just... hadn't like done their share. Like that's a movie that can maybe say something cool yeah. and it's 90 minutes because right. brought in the princess cut characters. Now you have to deal with their stuff from the old movies. And the, and like, honestly, when you're killing off the main character from the last movie in the first 20 minutes, yeah, that kind of like makes me think, Oh, I, I might actually be right about this, about my theory. Yeah, I mean, just to clarify for the listeners, um, there's a million themes in this movie and we won't touch on all of them because no. we physically could not otherwise this podcast would be so long to be honest <clears throat> we touched on a lot of the the plots in the in the last time we recorded this and i feel like we'll probably touch on completely other plots in this <laughs> recording because there's so many there's so do, many dynamics we could do a three season podcast about we just this movie could. and we would not touch on the same thing twice <laughs> no yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so the next big thing that happens. Yes, dun, yes, dun, yes, dun. Yes. Well, dun, okay, dun, wait, dun. but first, let's bring up Tessa is back. Yeah. And Tessa, they still hate her just as much. And she I bring she this was back my favorite up. character in the Grace this movie. is a mean friend to Tessa. Hey, girl, guess where I am? Jail. Jail. Jeez. <laughs> first thing be, said about her in that's the thing. like a sick burn, though, no? No, it's mean. <laughs> Whenever Tosh calls me, that's what that's our back and yeah, forth like, every what time. If, like, what if, um, like, I don't know. Mitch called the other day. Said, "Guess where I am? Prison? Jail? <laughs> I actually do make that joke on a LinkedIn. Lot, but... <laughs> I'm just kidding. The the vibe of the the intent of the movie was not for that to come off as like yeah. a joke. Yeah, she like rolls her eyes when she says it, and then Tessa, they're having dinner, and 
she's like, do you like this apartment? $2,000 a month. I was like, no one was asking Tessa, but uh, okay. <laughs> Which I'm sure that like, they don't live in New York. So when she said that, I was like, oh, that's that's a steal for a place like that. But they're all like, $2,000 a month? I was like, oh, right, not not New York. They're in- yeah, they're not- two-bedroom? It was yeah. a two bedroom, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, you know, again, here, here in the city, it's pretty like cheap. It's pretty good, pretty good, not bad. But then she's dating her boss, which is a big yikes, but she's also living with him. And, which... and Grace makes a big point about how she's not making wise choices, which is, listen, like, you know, if you have a friend that's not a believer, if you say something like that, it's going to seem belittling to them. Well, well uh, here's because, another. Like, how do you want it? Like, if you truly want to talk to them about it, you need to very thoroughly think through your approach. Well, here's my thing. Like, if she wanted to, like, if she wanted to sit down and say, do you think it's a good idea for you to be living with your boss? To be living with and dating your boss? Like, do you think it's a good idea? Like, do there's we think a, it's an HR violation. Well, there's a well, there's a time and a place to bring it up. The problem is Lauren is sitting right there and doesn't know Tess. So it's like, I don't know. Like, I get having a third party, impartial, whoever, but at the same time, like, well, now you have to be awkward in front of this complete stranger. Like, Grace, you know what you were doing. I honestly thought, can I just say this is probably really bad? And like, I don't want you guys to judge me, but. I thought that there was going to be like another dynamic that made it worse than it was because it didn't feel like too bad to me. I was like, okay, your boss, that's kind of like, that's not really a great dynamic because he has like a power dynamic and everything and that can make work confusing, but it's not like it hasn't been done before. Do you know what I mean? But I thought he was married for like the longest time. I was convinced he was like married and she was like some like side piece or whatever and that's where I was like, oh, yeah, that's messed up. You should, like, talk to her about it. <laughs> He's yeah. not married, though. He's just, like, a, like a douche. I don't know. Like, a, yeah. like he's just, like, a guy who yeah. likes women. Like, well, I think this is where it comes back to the purity culture thing is – the themes from the first movie is like i i would never i would never speak to you i would never i would never tell someone i personally don't think it's that big of a deal like it's not our place to like talk to people about stuff like that it's way too personal like there's a there's a verse in the bible that literally talks about the fact that we don't hold non-christians to the standards that we hold ourselves when it's talking about all the things the standards and the things that you're supposed to hold um, it's talking about other Christians, other believers. So it's really like actually unbiblical to be trying to hold people who don't believe in the same thing you believe in to the standards that you believe in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, like, that's the whole thing, I think, with the whole, like, American Christian church movement or whatever, like, um, Christian nationalist movement or whatever, is they're trying to hold everyone to the same standard of something that they believe in. And not everyone believes that. Like, that's yeah. just, that's unbiblical in a, in a way as well. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. I do. The, to expound real quick for the, for the yeah. audience on what happens, the follow-up of that conversation is that Grace takes it upon herself as a dutiful Christian friend to her yeah. trash non-believer friend, which sounds harsh, but that's how the movie treats that's Tess really how they, from yeah. start to finish. Um, and she makes a plaque about how wisdom uh, I'm, I'm going to misquote this because I don't care, but it's that wisdom builds a Amazing. house, like wisdom builds yeah. a, a house for a Christian lady. And it's typical of what you'd find in any Christian household based on what this movie thinks a Christian household looks like. And it's like a nice 
wooden plaque house shape with like the verse written out in white script to be delivered to Tessa to truly change her mind about this situation, about what's happened, because that's the truly friendly thing to do, which of course, yeah. as we've just discussed, don't do that. Don't re- don't, don't remotely do ever do that because then you don't love that person. It's a sign that you truly actually don't care about that person. You, that person is a project to you, which this movie treats Tess as because she does probably does not get her Christian arc until the third one because she's sure. the most consistent character in this series yeah. apart from Dr. Clint Masters. And the most yeah. likable. And it's, it's, it's further the belittling and it's shameful. It's, it's, you're shaming your friend. That's yeah. not what friends do. I, you know, I'm sorry. I don't like Grace. I think Grace is mean. I really do. I think Grace is amazing. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> well, and now the biggest plot twist that you could ever see coming, mm-hmm. ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever. Twist and shout. You think the Sixth Sense was good? Not as good as this one. A literal plot twister. <laughs> twister. <laughs> A tornado. Flew around my room before you came. A tornado hit whatever town they're in. Lincoln, Nebraska. And if you're wondering why we're laughing about this, it's the only way we can talk about this movie without dying a little bit on the inside. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so here's what I want to say first and foremost. We also have a kid. Sorry, should we mention? We should mention they have a a child. We should. (laughs) If you don't remember from the last movie. Yeah, they have a kid. Page, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I want to. I want to disclaim something on behalf of Godfellas. Natural disasters <laughs> are mm. in no way funny, and they cause no. a lot of harm and a lot of damage. I don't think the movie handled them as seriously as it <laughs> should have. Well, so if anything, we're just joking about how the movie used them, but in real life, right. we completely completely understand that natural disasters are very very serious things. well this is maybe the best acting that um grace does in the movie where she seems genuinely scared about what's going to happen however they write this prayer for her and it's essentially like the snow white prayer where she's like bless the seven little men who have been so kind to me and may all my <laughs> dreams come true oh yes and please make grumpy like me <laughs> So oh. they, they get the alert. This is the first thing that's unbelievable. They get the alert that the tornado is only five miles away. Uh, yeah. Then they send, then, so the tornado hits, well, no, something, not the tornado yet. Something hits the, the free clinic where. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Probably. Yeah. I know you mentioned this, but tr- just trigger warning. We'll be talking about specifically that like natural disaster and how it affected people. And trigger warning for later as well that we will also be speaking about a couple other things that could there was a lot of trauma that happened in this film yeah this is where trauma begins um and we're only 20 minutes in just so the audience is aware of what we went through (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so so uh, something something like i guess maybe the wind or the rain uh the roof falls in at the clinic and grace is trapped so she tells Paige, she says run out into the tornado Go get your dad. the shelter. See, this is the... Well, essentially, what this movie is doing is the trolley problem, but it's 
like, but then he goes, okay. It's like, do I send my child out? Like that could have been a moment. Do I send my child into the tornado where maybe they can get away? Or do I keep them here with me in this building? That's like going to be destroyed. No, but she doesn't think about it. She's like, go run five miles. In hindsight. Yeah. She's saving her, but it's like, because the tornado's five miles, you want your kid running out there. Like my parents, when I was a kid, we had this big willow tree that was in our front yard. And every time it would lightning, I would go out there and stand under the tree because I thought I was safe there. And my parents had to be like, stop, you're going to get hurt. Mm. If you stand under that tree. Why didn't Can you just stay in the, the house? Thought process? Yeah. Was a kid. Can we talk about that thought process uh, yes. <laughs> and how that started? Was it specifically like you saw something that maybe I felt like dramatic and that... cool. <laughs> okay. That's all what right, you know. Okay. Enough said. Yeah, the hurricane there is quiet. That's all I needed. How many songs can I sing in this episode? Because I'm up to, I think, four. Um, yeah, it's, you're cooking with gas. It's good. Thank you. Thank you. We should have brunch more often. Yeah, we should. We should We should record in the afternoon more often. Um, yeah, anyone else? Any any notes about the hurricane? Yeah, so... Oh, no, the tornado. the tornado. Sorry. About yeah. the tornado. Um, so basically, it... it completely wipes the entire free clinic out it's gone so actually sending the daughter out was helpful um in in a certain way um (laughs) except she had to run five miles but that's fine um but they cut too they don't make you watch the whole five miles i wouldn't be surprised if they did but in this, in this, this <laughs> the whole thing. The movie assumes that you, that all of the people in this movie can run five miles in the appropriate amount of time to get back. And a child. Right. At- and then Here's- the the dad comes, meets the child, and says, Clint. "Where's mom?" Right, Clint. Sorry, I my brain won't ever remember the names of these characters. Anyway. Doctor Clint- <laughs> Doctor Clinton Masters. And so he, he goes, where's mom? And she says, in the clinic, he runs another five miles. Um, I don't know how long that took him, but he got to the hill of the clinic, saw that the tornado was close to the clinic, and was like, mm, nah. And then he ran back to his daughter, and then they all went into the shelter. And basically, it's he assumed... Escape? He ran 15 miles. When he, saw, <laughs> when he saw the clinic get destroyed, he was so close. He was really he close. Escaped. The tornado was how super close. How did he close. escape? Um, he's just a fast runner. Here's my issue with the scene. He's an was, athlete. Here's my issue. I was thinking about this <laughs> a, a little bit. You could have gotten rid of Lauren and boyfriend and had this be Husband. like, yeah, same thing. And it could have been Grace is now pregnant and Grace is trying to open her own store. But you know what I mean? Like she's yeah. she only dies so that the lead role can be passed to Lauren because immediately after this, Clint basically like there's an audience. I'm not making this up. There's literally a scene where he and his daughter get in the car and exit the movie. They're just they like, just well, leave. this has been fun. We're out. So Colorado. I'm like, uh, 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 you, you, yeah. going to cover, but, but this whole part is like, this is actually probably one of the parts I'm most frustrated about, which makes yeah. no sense. Cause there's so many other parts to this. Film. You can say you like grace made- as a character. No, 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 no. I no, not her dying. I'm talking about them leaving the film, Clint and the daughter. Yeah. Because I was like, why are they even here? Any of them? They just killed off a character. The other two left. It's still 30 minutes into the film. Why did we even do the first 30 minutes? I don't understand. And then I feel the like the movie thing, could have started here. Yes. The other thing is they they had that whole 
let's go back to what I said in the very beginning of the podcast when I said it's important to mention that she went to fight for the clinic. She went to go fight for the loan for the clinic, which means nothing because the clinic blew up. And then at the (laughs) very end of the film, (laughs) sorry, this really got to me. The very end, they show a scene of somehow Clint is like either back or yeah, he's back because he's talking to the same loan guy and saying, and they got the loan and they, and they said it in Grace's name or whatever, but they never showed him moving back from Colorado. So it just didn't make any sense. There was no consistency. I'm done. No, that's legit. (laughs) That's legit. Oh, wow. That bothered me so much because the consistency thing was just, uh, okay. We can move on. Yeah, I mean, well, this tornado has led to uh, the destroying of the clinic, but also mom's house is no longer there. So mom has to move in with with Lauren and 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 Robert. And mom is really grieving the loss of her daughter. Understandable. She's making Lauren carry boxes, but she's and she transitions. She transitions after she moves into the She transitions after she moves in to the creepy lady that you have to be really concerned about in a horror film because of how she's shot. Mm -hmm. Um, Because she doesn't say a whole lot. And this like, just this, her grieving, the grieving face that she chose. And I'm happy to talk to this woman about it. The grieving face that she chose and the way that she was shot makes her look like she's going to kill Lauren. She it yeah, really like, does. It really in does. like three or four scenes because she's always like around the corner, just watching and like silently, like, Grace used to have this room or like, like any, like something morbid. <laughs> it's like, mom, um, mom, we, we discussed this last time with princess cut. If princess cut one, if the, if the little tagline is daddy knows best, this one is princess cut two. mom is unwell. Um, <laughs> is unwell. Yeah. She was very unwell. Well, and then, and then she finds, she finds the plaque that grace made. And Lauren's like, Lauren's like, oh, hey, I think that, I think that, I think that Grace made that for Tessa. No, it's for me. No. How dare you? How dare you come in to my house? Did you do the rest of the episode in this voice? (laughs) Which again, the, the, the friggin' sign shows up two more times in the movie as this like benchmark of like, they were so proud of themselves for bringing the sign back multiple times. This movie, the sign is worthless. Like by means of the story. It's also not not cute. It's not aesthetic. I could make a sign (laughs) way better than that. (laughs) You hear that munger? (laughs) Hire Natasha Bate. Your like, calligraphy. like I'm not trying to like um shout out my She's trying to flex skills, right now but genuinely like this was embarrassing the sign was embarrassing I will say Munger does tend to engage with his critics so maybe he will <laughs> maybe well and then and then Lauren brings the plaque to Tessa and we learn that Tessa is pregnant as well bum bum and they, bum and they bond over being pregnant together but her boyfriend wants her to take care of it. Uh, terminate the pregnancy. Mm. Which here's the thing: there's not a there's not a conversation. He's just a bad guy who's like, "You better go take care yeah. of that right now." Yeah, the movie kind of skirts around it, and I it it I the thing is, I don't think there's much to talk about because it doesn't really become a big plot point. Like he basically he doesn't say like I'm kicking you out because you didn't do this. It's just another girl shows up and it's like 
I've been cheating on you. Like, like it, it, it so like they bring it up. Well, the, it, well it, let's it talk about the other girl though for a second. Because... Melissa with two S's. <laughs> Because she doesn't no, just come in and say it. she's been been cheating on me or whatever. She comes in. No, Melissa like, with one S. Yeah, yeah. And fully just puts on a performance, mm-hmm. the best performance of her life, I think. She had just how, she had just watched uh, how some Bravo TV Housewives variant yeah. and was coming in really <laughs> in character that day. She yeah, just watched she the mom was. do the one scene and was like, "I can do that too." She's like, "Got it." <laughs> um yeah so she came in and basically said like oh you should talk to your boyfriend he's kicking it but she doesn't say it but he's kicking you out i'm the new girl in town that's like the vibe this uh, this two thousand dollar apartment which by salem massachusetts standards is just like solomon's palace is not big enough for the two of us I think you girl in town. She's a nice. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, look, he's wearing his ring. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the um, heads from the um, Haunted Mansion. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She's like, look at me. Look at the reference I just pulled. Mm. I know I'm not good at references, <laughs> um, guys. Well, well, now we have Tessa who is bonding with Lauren. They're both pregnant. They're, pro- they're both pregnant or around. And you can cut that. <laughs> I have to edit all this. Please don't cut that, actually. That is what they have in common, though. They're both pregnant, and they technically knew Grace. Yes, yes. yes. Which, again, the beginning uh, of the movie could have been the funeral, and <laughs> opening well, shot, Grace's funeral, where they're singing, they Amazing they Grace. But they had another funeral to mention, and it would be weird if they came in with two deaths, I guess, right? Yeah, it'd not be if too the tornado crowded. took both of them out. Yeah, the tornado could have taken Dad and Grace. Oh, uh, see, well, and we see we two... just cut thirty minutes out of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we slowly see um, the stress adding up for Lauren. She has the opportunity to open a second store. It's the right time, but we see that she faints and goes to the doctor. And Clint is there checking on the baby. And it's like, well, your blood pressure is high, but you can go back to normal, which is not what a doctor would. No, recommend. usually they would say like, take a rest. Yeah. Li- literally again, proving my theory that Clint is a horrible doctor. And it is kind of the reason that grace is dead um, because he didn't upkeep the, he didn't up, he didn't, he didn't keep the health clinic up and running and the ceiling literally fell down and trapped her during an active tornado. <laughs> oh, Clint. And and then this is the part, okay. <laughs> this is where I'll trigger warning. There is a miscarriage in the film. Yeah. We'll just briefly touch on it, but I would say if that is triggering for you. Um, don't watch the film. It's over, yeah, don't watch triggering. the film. Don't watch but the film. It, that's overwhelming it's for you. Well, it's not even like. Am I correct though in saying that like, it's not said what actually happens right, until right. the mom no. says you lost your child at least five times in conversation. Yeah. 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 If this is overwhelming for you, I'd recommend just pausing the episode, taking a step back and, and, you know, maybe, maybe if you don't finish this one, that's okay. We well, love you. well, here's, here's my thing though, is that once again, for the plot of the movie like it's actually it's just another thing that happens it's not like the cornerstone of the movie or what the movie is about it's like it's essentially you know when you're talking to like 
maybe like an eighth grader or like a freshman and they're telling you about like their story that they're writing and it's like and then this terrible thing happens and this terrible thing happens it feels very much like you know almost like oh you thought the first princess cut was soft huh well yes check out this movie which has a death a miscarriage talk about a boy it's like it's it's basically like you know Johnny was at summer camp last year and he liked the Beatles and crayons. Now he's come back and his hair's dyed black and he listens to the Devil Wars Prada. Like, that's what this movie is. Well, and the thing is, the stress becomes too much for Lauren. Her blood pressure is high. She's working a lot. She secretly found out that the farm is worth millions, but nobody wants to sell it. Drew doesn't want to take care of the farm anymore. Like, like all of these things. And then she collapses. and And that's when we learn that she has she has unfortunately lost the baby and there's and a very great scene that's then like undone by what happens after but there's a great scene where she comes home and she says to robert and the mom like get out of my house well Leave me well alone. well we've kind of glossed over she comes home and Robert doesn't check in with her to see how she's doing. He doesn't ask her what's going on. She just goes in her room, lays down. Oh, yeah, down, he stays and, downstairs yeah. with the mom. Yeah, because the mom is all, like, shaken up. And so he stays with the mom because that's who really needs. So Lauren yeah. goes upstairs to cry alone. Yeah. Michael, yeah. Lauren has, uh, I will also point out, because I, I think I wrote down, before she collapses, she has reached kind of her breaking point with the mom, basically saying, like, Every you guys are working on this farm for no reason other than the fact that you want to keep the memory alive, which yeah. is realistic because the farm is more important than God in this movie by like yes. a yeah. mile. They don't um, talk about God really at all, except for that one verse on that really terribly done. And the, and the brother word. says, mom's got God. So there's no real reason to worry about her grieving. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. Let's get mom some professional help and God. God's not going to yep. mind if mom goes to counseling and moves out of your house. But here's yep. the problem. God's though. not dead, mom. But, but here's, the, here's, here's the problem is that the movie also is trying to say that Lauren is wrong for thinking the way that she's thinking about like selling the farm is wrong and that that would be, it would be, you know, I know mom can't like pay her bills and I know your family is in squalor and despair and Lauren can't follow her dreams, but the movie is saying like, no, it's, it's good to hold on to things that are bad for you. Do you think that it's saying that completely though? Because I kind of got the vibe at the end that it didn't give it didn't uh, i agree with you it didn't really give, give a definitive answer or the other like because she they did say on the farm like um i will give away the ending so sorry they did stay on the farm but they did have that conversation um where she was like i can't like i need help i need all of this or whatever so it felt like they didn't even say that they were going to keep the farm forever like he just said that like family was important to him i don't know like i didn't get a full i don't feel like i got a full definitive answer by the end i guess we about- have to see the third movie to find out <laughs> no no we have to um yeah well and and going back to to the to the dynamic with lauren she wakes up the next morning husband's still not there and she hears the mom and the husband laughing hours 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 near hours after she finds out what has happened that's the first thing she wakes up to and she goes downstairs and she says 
She says, get out you're of my house. Make, I, I say that because you're going to make this movie sound awesome to someone. Someone's going to go, what? Like, yeah. And it's an amazing moment because she's standing up for herself and saying, no one's, no one's helped me. I'm doing yeah. this all on my own. And now you're sitting here laughing when I'm grieving? Like, get out. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. And I wish they ended the movie there. Like, <laughs> yeah, she, she's not talking to her husband. She's talking to the mom. She's like, she's like. No, she says you... it to her husband at one point. You oh. too, yeah. Yeah, she says, you too, get she out. Said, you too? Yeah. The worst thing, the, wor- the worst thing happens, which is that she apologizes to the mom. And the mom doesn't go, no, honey, I was wrong. She goes, that's right. Apologize. You know, <laughs> I, I lost my baby too, which is the most harmful thing yeah, you can say to someone. Worst. Obviously, like child grief is a real, real yeah. thing. But there are two different scenarios and they don't need to be compared. They don't need to be compared. And it's very harmful that they did that. She also yeah. just kept saying she in 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 a way that is thoroughly unhelpful, just goes, you lost your child. Like she says that in that cadence in case probably like four or five times. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's not the best. Like she knows that. Did you know that she knows that or needs that like reality clarified for her mom? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking we need a long day's journey in tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The whole film, no one was really listening to her and her needs or even noticing that she needed a lot of things. Like she had two scares and the second one, unfortunately, like caused her to lose her child. And if that was seen previously, if, if people saw how much she was working, how much stress was on her plate, like, I think that there could have been some prevention before that, but. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. There was a first scare and no one helped her. No one yeah. did anything about it. And I would not dare even say, the doctor. not the doctor, not her husband. I would dare say, like, leave the family. Like, I'm sorry. I, I like, like, I, I'm sorry. Your, your in-laws are not helping you. They're proving to you they don't care about you. Yeah, you I will say. That? I will say, like, there was a part of me that related in that moment of like where you just feel like, you know, like like everyone's relying on you for one thing or another and stuff like that and it's hard to ask for help so if that was the purpose of the film it's not it was not the right. purpose of the film I had Let stretch. Me yeah yeah 100 <laughs> not the purpose but if they made that the purpose of the film i could have found something redemptive in this because i do actually felt like i connected with that character in that way i was like yeah asking for help help is healthy and having family members surround you who are encouraging and helpful and able to like see when you're struggling is also healthy but that was not at all what the movie was portraying so don't get the who, wrong idea i'm just saying it would have been nice <laughs> whose heart is on fire whose heart is on fire <laughs> maybe, maybe the, the woman maybe the dad i was gonna say the dad maybe but i'm not we're done we're the movie is so done with him because the second the first movie was all about he had his turn <laughs> um but and then maybe the woman who was shrieking about the fact that her stubborn old husband got an auger through the shin, which is <laughs> guy needs how, to stop farming. <laughs> how great would it be if at the funeral for Grace, all the suitors who came to her door in the first movie to go out with her were there at the funeral? <laughs> it would have been more effective than friggin' mom looking at Tess at the funeral and going, so many years. So many <laughs> years, Tess. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Why did she die? Grace? 
I told you, so they could give the movie to Lauren. Because the tornado, like, destroyed that oh, building. Oh, you mean, like, how? No, I mean, like, what? No, I don't mean how. I mean, like, why? What was the purpose of her dying? Besides so they could give the, the movie, movie to Lauren. Yeah, I know, but she, Lauren was already the main main character in the Be- movie from the beginning. She's the first scene. She's running. She couldn't keep fighting for co-lead with Grace. Honestly, maybe the actress was like, kill me off. Kill me off. I have to go I make a plan. Like, I don't about. want to be in this. Kill me off. The way, that, the way that, if you look at a synopsis of this movie, and I think the way that Munger would probably describe this movie is like, it, it's, it is, it's enduring faith during terrible circumstances. Like a lot of people fought, like reconnect with their faith in the midst of trial, which to be completely fair, did not happen during this movie. That message yeah. is not, yeah. did not come across remotely. I mean, there were a lot of film. trials, almost too many trials, all in a short <laughs> amount of time. One could argue, yes. Well, well, I think about, well, I think about like a Richard Linklater film, for instance, which like a lot of them are, you could argue they're not really about anything. They're about like people hanging out or spending time together. So I wonder if this is like the Christian version, just they can't like write people hanging out or doing stuff together. So they just do trauma after trauma after trauma. Like if it is like a movie like that with no plot, but it's like, but things that we would want to talk about in Christian circles. And uh, here it is, folks. They certainly didn't mean to do it, but that's, I love that theory. I also love that theory as well. Mm -hmm. I just love Richard Linkletter. So anytime I can talk about him. Well, the movie ends with Tessa and Lauren. There's a better tomorrow. Where Lauren offers Tessa a room in her house. I Does she get the store? I don't remember. I, I don't remember. Don't. Does, does Lauren bar. get the store or does Tess get the store? Lauren. Does Lauren I think she, the store? I think, it's, I think it's assumed they reach out to that second campus, right? I thought, uh, like, wasn't there a, a weird thing where she said to Tessa, because Tessa was supposed to redesign it, oh, we can't redesign it anymore because of something? We gotta watch the third one. To oh find yeah! No. So yeah, and then and then Tessa has the baby, and and they regift the sign back to the mom. They also Kill me. give all of Kill me with all, the sign. <laughs> she gives all of the baby stuff that she had because she was gonna have a baby that she already made in the room to Tessa. Which, Sad. Yeah. Seems, and honestly, yeah, a really good was, beat. That's potentially the most Christian thing that happens in yes. this movie yeah, by someone true, showing definitely. love to someone else. Yes, like, yes. great. If and the movie were about <laughs> Lauren and Tessa becoming friends, if the movie was about any one of the great. 900 things that it talks about. <laughs> there were some good subplots and a good yeah. I'm using lightly, but um, the main theme, which we still haven't really like found out or figured there out. There is some, yeah. <laughs> There's small, tiny subplots that actually kind of worked, but yeah, there's no main theme and nor do any of the big plots make sense. And they don't sell the farm because apparently like God can't work through offering money to the family, but whatever. (laughs) And the farm is worth dot, dot, dot millions. Because God cannot work through these soybeans. Grow in a climate so good. Mm. <laughs> I digress. So what we're gonna do is instead of doing a yes, please or no, thank you, because I'm pretty sure we're all no, thank you. Is that safe You're to correct. assume? It is safe. It's very safe. It's safer. It's safer yeah. than this movie, even. 
It's yeah, honestly, safer than Grace's life <laughs> was. Oh my. Wow, we are unhinged. Um, if anyone knows the actress who played Grace and wants to see if she likes our podcast too, hit us up. I'd love to have you on, Ashley. Yeah, I. What a, what a convo that would be. You were great we, we on Say Goodnight, Kevin. Um, I'm sorry, Hannah. Start go through manners again. I'm we're sorry. gonna we're gonna decide which is the better of the two. Princess Cut One or Princess Cut Two, and you have to pick one. You have to. You, you're not allowed not to. You must. Uh, and the last one, I was able to. Okay, yeah, I'm making you make. You get a now. really good diplomatic answer in the last one. I was going to repeat yours because I was like, "That's really well thought out and nuanced." But no, not for the re-record, baby. Not for the re-record. <laughs> not for the re-record. I'm trying to be the mom. I you guys, no. you know, you're putting baby in a corner. No. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Yeah. Nobody yeah. puts yeah. baby in a corner. What was the question again? Princess cut one or princess cut two hearts on fire? Well, you know, to repeat what I said in the last episode, <laughs> princess cut one is open, is openly offensive. It's if we're at the church barbecue, it is the guy who pulls up in his truck, parks in two parking spots, gets out, yells at his kids in front of everybody, says something mean to his wife, and then cuts the line to go get his food. And you go, oh, that guy's not very good. Princess Cut 2 is like the guy who brought the cake from that cool bakery that you like, and you go over and you're like, oh, you like them too? And you start to have a conversation, but then all of a sudden he like supports dogfighting or something like that. Like something that you didn't know was there. That's Princess Cut 2. So Princess Cut 1, and, and hey, that guy who pulls up at the barbecue like that, he has friends, he has people who he hangs out with, and that's fine. The other guy, everyone feels like they got duped with him. And that's the thing. I think Princess Cut 2, because it's more sneaky, there's a level of, I've been duped. And like, if it comes down to it, which one do I want to watch? I kind of want to see the guy make a fool of himself at the church barbecue and not hear this man's opinions on, you know, why the moon landing wasn't real or something like that. <laughs> so if I have to go between the two, I'm going to go with the more offensive because at least I know what it is. The, what is it? The enemy you know is better than the one you know. <laughs> Dang. That was right. really, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, and, and ended, like, on a really good, like, one-liner. Thank you. All right, Natasha, your turn. So we weren't going to put me last again? <laughs> okay. No. Um, uh, you weren't last last time. I was left. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Um, okay. My decision... I'm going to say that I just want to preface that they're both traumatic and also both unhealthy and also no one should watch either of them because um, they're triggering and they say so many wrong things about everything. <laughs> the way that my thoughts are going to be way less concise than Zach's. Um, so I, I have a difficult time because I understand where Zach is coming from with the first movie. Yes, it's more offensive, but it makes sense where the second movie brings so many traumatic things into it. Um, it talks about like it, the trigger warnings could be like a long, long, long list. So in one way, I'm like, OK, trigger warning. I, like, I just don't want someone to be so triggered in the second movie that they 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 can't like function after because it has so many things like death and all the stuff and then the first movie 
it sucks. It just sucks. It doesn't treat women well. <laughs> so my decision, um, I'm <laughs> yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Um. I'm gonna go with the second movie because I just really liked that one character. Um. Uh, I don't remember her name because I don't remember any of the characters. Lauren. <laughs> I liked her character and I liked how she stood up for herself and stuff. And there were parts of that where I could relate. I couldn't relate to anything in the first movie. So in some way, yeah, I'm going to pick number two. But I hated that. <laughs> yeah, this is not a, this, this is a real, this is a real Paul Munger, Sophie's choice here. Um, I, uh, is it about which one is better or which one I like more? Like which one I'd pick? That's a great question. I should ask that. Well, it's like manners, like the manners segment. Like, you know, do you want want, more of? Do you want more? Yeah. You're going to, if you're going to serve me more of your like microwavable mixed vegetables and I have to do it because I don't want to offend you. um, I, (laughs) uh, I think I have to go with number one. I found myself yell, not yelling, but having very niche, very similarly to Pure Flix covering all my YouTube advertisements because they don't match the YouTube movies I'm watching. <laughs> um, the, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Gosh, darn it. Um, <laughs> you were frustrated. You were angry. Oh, yes. Because um, number two decided it was going to put on its big boy pants and tackle some really <laughs> some really good issues. And um, it didn't. It, it set up a lot of them in a way that I think actually had potential for success. And it failed every single time. Because even a character that we like more, like Lauren and whatever the heck her husband's name was, because who cares? Who cares? Um, who cares? Not I. Um, the fact that they just like miss every time is frustrating to me because they're actually trying to say something. And I would much rather have some margaritas and watch the first one because yes, there might be some things that are very harmful and there are ideologically about that movie. However, it's much more of the kind of, uh, a VBS skit, something's gonna go horribly wrong. One of the actors like falls off the stage. I'd much rather cringe watch that one than cringe watch the second one. Uh, because I know I won't I won't be as upset. I'd much rather see the first movie where the guy cuts the line and goes, Big boy gotta get his burger first. Oh no skinny boys today. Go ahead, Hannah. Oh yeah. Bring us home. Someone's gotta okay. end it. Hold on. <laughs> If you had to choose, if you had to choose. Oh, okay. If you yeah. had to choose, if you had to choose. It's down to the delegates. It's down. It's down um, to Hannah. It's Just <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you. Sorry. <laughs> Amazing. Grace. The people are asking to hear my voice. The yeah! podcast is facing a difficult choice. Oh. And if you were to ask me who I'd promote, Princess Cut One has my vote. Oh! I have never agreed with Princess Cut One once. Oh! <laughs> we have fought on like 75 different fronts. 
Oh my oh. god. When all is said and all is done, Princess Cut 1 is more um, obviously bad, and Princess Cut 2 is not. <laughs> it's hidden bad, just like Zach said. So there we go. Oh, well played. Thank you. Thank you. I was trying to scroll through the lyrics as quick as I could. Sorry, I don't. I don't recommend either, though. I don't. Yeah, no, I don't. I really don't. But I, again, until we watch the third one, oh, maybe we'll recommend the third one. We'll see. Yeah. We what if we love? What if we love the third one? Because the third one is his wife is directing. So what if with the third we're like, yeah, although it's her like falling in love with a cop who comes to her aid after a traumatic <clears> situation. <throat> so already, I don't like that. I don't, yeah. maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Dr. Clint Masters and Tess return for <laughs> Princess Cut return. 3. What is 3 called again? Beauty from Ashes. Beauty from Hearts Ashes. On, wait, come on. Got Hearts on Fire. fire Beauty, Beauty from, from Ashes. Come so Tess's on. heart was on fire. There we go. Maybe, yeah, maybe Tess's go. heart is on fire. It burns completely, turned into ash, <laughs> and then out of that ash. <laughs> and someone was like, oh. Comes her Christian <laughs> yeah. Christianity, her redemption. Oh, jeez. No, no. Wow. Well, well, friends. Wow. What can be said? (laughs) What a great time. I have to thank, I have to thank, I can't thank Michael and Natasha enough for doing this twice. Mm. I think I owe you like money. Um, So, (laughs) ice cream and a CD. Um, Well, (laughs) I will take some margaritas in a fun movie night. Yes. Natasha, do you have anything? Do you have anything you want to plug, Natasha? Yes, I do. Always. I'm going to plug my mother's um, awesome... uh, Sorry, I'm just looking up the exact thing on Instagram. So it's on Instagram. It's called Oak Support. um, And they offer emotional and spiritual support through life coaching, mentorship, and spiritual guidance. As literally her daughter, I will tell you she's the best mentor I've ever had. Um, and I highly recommend her. So if you go to that on Instagram, you can find um, you can find emotional or spiritual support if you need it. And um, besides that, my Instagram is Tosh Bait. Uh, yeah, and I travel and such and do things. And yeah, if you want to follow me, you're welcome to. It's, it's open to the public great michael michael uh, I, <laughs> michael yeah. um didn't you hear the, the tornado <laughs> took the farm michael the trick the trick michael um, oh god the farm uh, <laughs> uh i i don't have uh i don't have much to plug but you can find me on instagram at me williams 227 I do some singing there. I am hoping to do some more like personally led uh, music stuff in the live music category. So if anyone's listening from Texas and you're like, I have a music need, hit me up. I promise I'm not really doing much. Um, And yes, happy Thanksgiving, uh, depending on when this comes out. (laughs) It, it's Thanksgiving is over, but but I hope you had a happy one. Oh, okay, yeah. I hope it was good. Yeah, in hindsight, from the past, I I hope that I hope that it was great. You know, I hope you're, you, I hope you're you still giving turkey. thanks. Ah, with a grateful heart. With a grateful heart. 
Wait, can I can I plug one more thing? I'm so no, sorry. Sure. I hate that I do yeah. this all this time. I always forget a plug. Um, <laughs> I also on Instagram have a poetry page for my poetry that I write, um, which is really personal. So if you hate it, don't tell me. Don't follow me. Um, <laughs> but if you like it, you're welcome me to alone. follow me. <laughs> Um, it's called Poetry by Natasha, and yeah, uh, there's like little periods in between each word. Poetry, period, by, period, Natasha. Okay, that's, that's it. good stuff. I've read it. Mm. Uh, Zachary. Uh, yes, I would like to plug Mitch Dupree's LinkedIn. He is very close to 500 links. Endorse him for some skills. Um, <laughs> you didn't do that last time. I have to do it now. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to plug um, the Boston Bruins who are having a record season. Uh, everyone, they need your support. Uh, so if you're not loyal to them as a hockey fan, it's time for you to become a Bruins fan. Uh, there's always room for one for more five bear. Cents a day. There's always w- w- room for one more bear in the cave. And uh, <laughs> is there anything real I want to plug? Uh, I might cut this out. I was just on someone else's podcast uh, called Two Sides of the Same Coin, and uh, that episode might be out by now. Uh, yeah. All right. And while, as always, I'd like to plot. Uh, I'm going to redo that. It's that time of year when. Na, 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 na. Um, sorry, I just wanted to end with one more song. I was on a roll, so I just I just felt like I I should have. Um, we all appreciated that. Thank yes. you. Wanted it. It's true. <laughs> um, you know, I have a Christmas cover out there, "Away in a Manger" by Unbound. It's um, I think it's good. I like it. I it's would... the best, and Hannah's voice is the most incredible. I'll be her biggest fan until the day I die. Thank okay. you. She really is. Oh. Um, oh. Ooh, bestie and, um, and you can find me fighting. on this. Find me on this. It's called Away in a Major by Unbound. Um, it's on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Amazon Music. So I recommend that you at least stream it. You can buy it too if you want on iTunes. Um, and then always. You don't see any of that money. So. I won't see the money. You're right. <laughs> at Godfellas the Pod on Instagram and at the Honey Initiative. Zach and I are doing a really cool thing this Christmas with the Honey Initiative. So check out our Instagram, our TikTok maybe our Facebook too, where we're going to be posting a cover of a different Christmas carol every day from December 1st through the 25th. So if you like Christmas carols and you want to hear more about our music, I would say tune into our TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. We are, I don't think anyone else has the Honey Initiative as a tag, so we should be the only ones out there at the Honey Initiative. No dots, all one word. Or you could just go to the show notes. That's also true. All right. Well, actually, Zach, do you want to walk us out? Yeah, um, until next time, I've been Mr. Zach. I've been Dr. Hannah Masters. I've been, uh, I've been Redacted Williams. <laughs> and I'm Tessa, and I'm not a Christian. Adventure is over, we're all heading home. But I hope that you know, friends, you're never alone.
yet. You want that on the air? Tessa will return for Princess Cut 3. <laughs>